our children don't trigger us. It's like you have an open wound and somebody touches it, it hurts, right? It's like that. It's like, you know, probably you didn't have much of a voice growing up or, you know, you have constantly lived with this belief that uh, my voice doesn't matter or what I have to say is not important. So when a child kind of interrupts, it feels like it feels like they are like attacking you, but that's not the case. You're listening to Rewild and Free. This is the go-to podcast for conscious and holistic mother entrepreneurs who are ditching society's to-do list for intentional living, freedom, and abundance while creating impact and legacy in their home and business. If we haven't met yet, I'm Nicole Pazvier, your like-hearted mom friend and biz bestie wrapped in one. I'm an ex-nurse turned matrescence guide and business coach, leading women just like you into the new paradigm, where thriving in motherhood is your birthright and so is a successful and sustainable online business. Keep listening if you're ready to unsubscribe from patriarchal motherhood, bro marketing, and boss babe culture. Because in this space, we use nature as our framework as we move towards feminine embodied business development, cyclical orientation, and slow living. Together, let's rewild and remember as we break free from survival and reconnect to what truly matters. Okay, friend, steep your tea and take the most loving breath you've given to yourself today, and let's go. Welcome to another episode. This is episode 37 on the Rewild and Free podcast. And today I'm joined by Shruti from Empowered.Connections on Instagram. And Shruti really helps us simplify what conscious parenting actually means and gives us some really tangible strategies on um, things like self-regulation and being present and forming really strong connections with our children, as well as just some super simple strategies on how to actually give ourselves the self-care and tending to that we need. I love this conversation because I think I know for myself and I'm going to assume for a lot of you listening, we are already on this conscious parenting journey and we might not even have the language to be able to explain what it is we are doing, but Shruti really helps to actually explain some of that. It was a really validating conversation for me, and I think you are going to enjoy it as well. You and I haven't actually had a chance to really connect yet, so I'm really looking forward to this conversation and hearing more about your story and who you are and what you're doing in your corner of the internet and just your experience into motherhood and entrepreneurship. So um yeah if you'd like do you want to give a quick introduction of yourself and just what you do yeah sure so hi Nicole and everyone who's listening I'm Mm -hmm. so excited to be here and share about myself and what I do with all of you so uh so yes my name is Shruti and I am a mom to two kids I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old and I am a I was an international lawyer turned into a full-time parent coach now. And um, I think I switched paths. I, I changed my career direction during COVID. That's when I kind of leaned into motherhood even more and understood, um, like, because I'm a lawyer, like, research really excites me. So I wanted to understand parenthood more deeply. And I was, like, exploring all these different styles of parenthood. and. Um, I was going through like postpartum and uh, postpartum depression myself. And um, I was diagnosed with PTSD when I got pregnant the second time because I didn't process my birth the first time around. <laughs> so it was, I, I went through a lot of therapy and inner work. And that's when I realized that there is so much to parenting. And, you know, 
it's just it's just it's just so hard and you can never ever be prepared enough and um after I had my son, I decided to, I, I experienced some disconnection with my daughter. There was like, I mean, things completely changed when I had a second kid and I really didn't want to lose that connection. And I wasn't liking how I was showing up. So I decided to work with a coach and then I decided to study and uh, brain science and uh, emotional regulation and all the amazing things, which I wish I was taught when I was younger or, or at school, because I think that is what we need to learn, right? And that's that's when I realized that, you know, this is my calling and this is what I'm really, really passionate about. And that's when I decided to uh, start my own business and support parents because I knew even while I was struggling that I wasn't the only one struggling with, you know, with big feelings and not knowing what to do and feeling helpless and powerless. And so that's how my journey um as a coach began, and I feel like it's it's a lot of work because you know running a business is a lot of work, but it is so rewarding, and I would do this any day because it's like we are raising future leaders, right? So it is important that we are giving them what they need, right? Like we are giving, we are being the parents that we can be for them, the best version. Of course, perfect parent is never a goal because there is no such thing as a perfect parent. So uh, my goal is to help parents by offering them awareness and tools and strategies, you know, that are rooted in connection and emotional intelligence and, you know, raise resilient leaders for tomorrow. So that's what I do. And I'm really um, proud of <laughs> of the work I do. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here and um, talk to you about this today. <laughs> I love all of that. And I think, I mean, you already said it, like, y- you're not the only one that have got, has gone through that, right? Like so many women, so many mothers are experiencing a lot of what you just shared that you had experienced. And so I love that you have kind of been able to take your experience, learn from it, actually study it and, and gain certifications in it. And now you're kind of sharing those gifts with, with other mothers as they're experiencing something similar. And something that really struck me is the fact that we are raising like tomorrow's generation. That's something that sits really, really big in my heart. It's something that I think about often in my own mothering and in my own like daily action is mm-hmm. that, that this is the future of tomorrow, right? And that that impact and that I don't even see it so much as pressure, but more so this great honor that we get to be a part of generational change and it's almost like this making of a legacy Mm, so I I love that aspect of it so much I love the aspect of just generational change and being able to really shift the narrative on just how things look in in this next generation absolutely yeah and also like as a mom of two kids myself like I I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can be and um it's it feels like a lot because it is a lot (laughs) yeah yeah I often say like if it's feeling hard it's because it is hard right like you're you're not making that up that that weight and that pressure and that um like feeling of inadequacy that so many women are feeling it's real and it's valid and there's obviously so many different moving parts to why 
why women are feeling that way and kind of why society is the way that it is. And that could be a whole other conversation, but I, I can see how valuable the work you're doing um, really is because it, it starts with the mother. It starts with the parent and we can't yes. expect change if, if we aren't kind of doing the inner work first. So maybe Absolutely. why don't we actually, before we get into it, I have been asking everyone that comes on the show, what book they're reading or what book you read most recently, if you're a reader. Yeah. So I, um, I was reading this book called Body Keeps Score. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, I forgot the author. I'm really bad with this. And uh, I mean, I thought this is going to be like a light read, but this was like, wow, it blew my mind because it was like, there is so so many signs that our body gives us that you know you are exhausted and you need a break and we keep pushing through because we live in this hustle culture where we we feel like if we are not doing what we need to do then we are not doing enough but yeah uh, and that that puts so much pressure pressure on ourselves like i mean i wake up in the morning and i start my day with a to do list and i used to feel disappointed at the end of the day if i'm not able to accomplish it but then that was kind of like taking the joy out of my life and I was like no this this, I don't want it to be like this yes it's good to have because I I do the to-do list more for myself for like a kind of sense of direction of okay this is what I need to do today but then I can't it can't be like a mandatory deadline that you need to I would like to do xyz and then I like now I've kind of try to bring in balance by saying okay what is actually priority in this list and you know um, is this even realistic with you know, while running a business, while taking care of your home and you have all this admin work to do. And then there are two kids that you need to take care of and, you know, be there and be present. And so that, and there is only so much time. So how can we um, create value in that time instead of putting pressure on ourselves and then, you know, beating ourselves about it, right? So it's really, um, yeah, that is, that was one of the, one of the big things for me that as moms and because you as you mentioned correctly the society we live in the social media comparisons and so many things where we feel like oh my god how is she doing it all you know she must be like a super mom (laughs) so so it it can all feel like really challenging and you can always feel like you're not enough you're not doing enough and um yeah that is something that a lot of moms that I've worked with also uh believe about themselves and um, a lot of them feel that they cannot take up space you know they have to kind of just be there to fulfill everyone's needs around them and that's what leaves them drained and burnt out right like yeah it's, yeah. it's like this cycle so yeah so so yeah that's what like um so in this book like I why I was like so blown away was because it it talks about really simple things just like like listening to your body like noticing what is happening for us like bringing awareness to how we are feeling you know having those quick check-ins with ourselves during the day like okay how what am I feeling right now and you know just naming it because that helps us process what's happening and a lot of the times we don't even have that one minute to sit and connect with ourselves and so so this book was like yeah really amazing highly recommend (laughs) It's actually been on my list for probably close to two years now. I was just looking because I think it's on my bookshelf, but I'm not seeing it. I'm pretty sure it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there's a couple of things that you just shared that I want to kind of zoom in on. And I think 
one of them is like we we say that we don't have time for like that one minute of connecting to ourselves and I think that is such an easy thing to just kind of spit out of our mouths and we all do it right we say oh like I don't have time for that I don't have time for that and I think we really need to start switching the the talk and like it's like well I'm choosing not to make time for that and it it comes to priorities so when you're yeah. speaking about your to-do list like it's not so much about these are the mandatory things I need to get done instead it's almost just this visual for you to start seeing okay these are my priorities this is how I want to spend time in my day this is where I want to be intentional yeah. um mm-hmm. and I I love that because I think so many women as they enter motherhood there's this perpetual feeling of never completing anything right there's always laundry to do there's always toys to pick up there's always something there's never that feeling of completing something and yeah yeah, it's just like a really it can be a really confronting feeling I think for for women and mothers if they've spent a lot of their lives in a more like masculine energy and in a more like kind of I'm kind of thinking like the corporate world where you're you're working a nine to five, you're out of the house, you have literal, literal tasks that you get to cross off your to-do list each day. And you kind of close the computer at five o'clock, you come home and it's, things are just very compartmentalized. Motherhood is not like that. (laughs) Motherhood is not compartmentalized at all, right? You've kind of named that already that there's just, there's always things to do. Um, I would love to hear, I guess, your expertise on how to actually take care of ourselves as the mother. So like that self-regulation piece and really mm-hmm. connecting to ourselves. What are your, what are your go-to strategies for that? Yeah. So, so first of all, I want all the moms <laughs> to understand the value that they bring into this world. Even like it, it, it's like, it's for all moms, stay at home moms, moms with a business and like whatever moms going to jobs nine to five, that if if you just pause and think about what would happen if everything that you do needs to be replaced by somebody who provides these services. Like you hire a cleaner, you hire a nanny, you hire a person to run your business, to do, to do you know, do your um run your social media account to to be the nanny and you know cleaning whatever whatever roles that you do in a day you all all that you accomplish if that were to be replaced by somebody else I think we will be spending a lot of money (laughs) right so it's because a lot of people feel like I was home all day but I still didn't get anything done right because the idea of multitasking is so glorified especially for women right like it's 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 almost like the expected thing right like and and like women who get a lot done are praised by our society right like I was just gonna bring that up that so many women myself included have kind of been victimized by just social constructs that have led us to believe that our worth is measured by our productivity right so if we don't get things done if we were just a potato on the couch all day (laughs) then we're not worthy and we're not fill in the blank of whatever like negative self-talk you might be calling yourself but it it can get really ugly sometimes because we are so ingrained to believe that our worth is dependent on the completion of that to-do list absolutely so um and and like being a parent comes with its own set of challenges and parenting can feel extremely relentless because you're kind of stripped of your ability to take care of your own needs and like 
experience sensory overstimulation and exhaustion and have like really little space to decompress, little to no space. Because sometimes like there are days where I feel like I'm hiding in my bathroom just to just just to like just be with nobody needing me for two minutes, right? Like so modern parenthood is hard and relentless because of the constant transitioning, the overpacked schedules, the clutter, the the comparison. And there are so many reasons why um you know, parenting can be hard. And 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 if you are somebody who runs your, runs their own business, that comes with your own, you know, that own set of challenges. Like, I'm not just a coach in my business. I have to do the planning, the strategy, the marketing, the sales, the reaching out, and then the following up and the networking and the putting yourself out there. So it's it's a lot. So sometimes I experience what we call analysis paralysis, like where I have so many decisions to make and I don't know how to decide so I end up taking no action, right? Because it, it, it feels like a lot, right? So, or I will do the laundry and the chores and the cooking and I'll be with the kids. I'll do everything in my power to kind of procrastinate what, you know, whatever need and work I need to put in my business. So it's because it's like I'm I'm avoiding it, right? So running, both running a business and raising kids is hard. And when we have a deadly combination of both, we need a new approach. <laughs> and that I've learned in the last two years of doing this that, and I think I know like a lot of people may roll their eyes if I, if I say self-care, <laughs> but I think the first and the most crucial thing to understand here is that taking care of you means taking care of your business, taking care of you means taking care of your kids. So it all begins with you and it is very easy to lose yourself while raising kids and while and while running a business because running your own business is also like having another child right so it I always like I I make that (laughs) joke but in all seriousness like it is another baby right your business is another baby and I think the the piece around self-care really is so important and I I speak about that a lot and I'm really passionate about flipping the script on like self-care yeah. isn't selfish, it's selfless, right? It's, because it's the more you pour into your own cup, exactly, it's a form of sustainability. And yeah. further than sustainability, it, it's really regeneration, right? It, it's literally filling up the cups of other people just by filling your own cup so that you can start serving from a place of overflow, whether mm-hmm. it's your kids, whether it's your partner, whether it's your business. Um, But if you are continually serving from this place of underflow, then that's not sustainable. That's going to send you into survival mode and depletion and all the things that like we don't actually want to be be living in. We want to be thriving. So, yeah, Yeah, so that's that's like the first step, like because it, it is really important to like tell ourselves each day that this all will work well if you are well. Yeah, it all starts yeah. like filling you. gas in the car, yes. right? Like you can't drive the yes. car without it having gas in it. Yeah, and 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 also like it's also the idea of self care is also often misunderstood, right? Like self care is not only something that is nice to have, but something we cannot do without. It has to. So you won't believe, but my things to accomplish list has uh also five minutes or 10 minutes in a day to myself and I put that as a priority like this is this is p1 you know this needs to be done so it's it's amongst the so I put put things also like pick up kids will I 
you know, can I avoid picking up kids? No, right? I can't just leave them at school and okay, <laughs> see you in a few days. So, so I put it along with those activities that this is, I need to do this, right? And then like, and also like it's, it is something that we have to understand that I have to do this for myself. So I am able to be a present mom and a business owner and show up for both those roles, right? And I hear this from a lot of moms that we don't have time to engage in self-care. And that's that's why I said that self-care is often misunderstood. Self-care is essentially a ritual that helps you connect with yourself, okay? It's caring for your mind, your body, and your spirit. And while a massage and bubble bath sounds great, it's not something yeah. you can do on an everyday basis. And it's really important to create those pockets of time where you're able to fill your cup right it's because it's really hard to be a safe place for your kids when your needs are not getting met right you are more more likely to snap at them when you are irritable or you're exhausted and you're tired right when you feel touched out and unsupported you're not going to be able to be present right you cannot yeah. handle anyone and handle anyone's big feelings if you are depleted and like exhausted at, and at the end of your rope right it's that's why self-care is essential because so that's why it's priority like it we have to eat sometimes I feel like even if I don't I'm not able to do that in a day because I have kids all day with me or I have calls back to back I make it a point to just put the kids in the car and just go drive around the block sometimes if you know to just and and I put music on that I like and some days that is self-care <laughs> so yeah well and I like how like you do have to be creative about it right because yes. it's not about massages and bubble baths it's about how yes. do you fit this into your life even mm-hmm. when life gets crazy so yeah. yeah I love your example of of driving around in the car with music on for me that often looks like yeah like music on in the house and it's like a dance party or even as I'm taking sips of tea it's like okay before I take sips of tea can I literally just reconnect to my breath take a couple deep breaths Mm -hmm. and like it can be that simple and I think we we get hung up on okay well if I have to have self-care on my to-do list then it's like how am I gonna get childcare? how am I gonna get someone to watch the kids while I go get a pedicure oh I can't afford that I can't spend money on myself and it becomes this like long list of I can't I can't have (laughs) self-care I'm not worthy of self-care and it's like no get creative with your self-care and make it so it's yes so um, right now just really doable every day Exactly. So right now, for example, I'm solo parenting and there is no point in my day where I can just pass on the torch to my husband and be like, here you go. You have the kids in the house. I'm getting out for a walk. (laughs) So today I played hide and seek with my kids and hid behind the curtain and took some deep breaths. And I just like let them find me because I was like, I need this. I need these five minutes to myself. So I'm just (laughs) going to not say a word (laughs) until they find me and let them just look all over the house. And for them, it was like, oh, mama is hiding somewhere. It's, it's fun. So you are right. We yeah. have to get creative about this and like, you know, uh, find that opportunity because if, if it's really important to you, you will do it, right? Like, yeah. will you- When will I want to, I want to come- I want to come back to that example because what I could see happening for a lot of mothers is they're already doing that, but they're not necessarily being intentional with that time. So they're already playing with their kids. They're already putting music on and having a dance party. They're already playing hide and seek. They're already behind the curtain. But if they're not intentional with that time and actually taking Mm. those deep breaths, then it's not actually self-care, right? So the creativity of it is how do you use the time that you're already having the experiences that you're already sharing with your kids 
and actually yeah. sprinkle some some self-love into them and some like reconnection yeah. so I love that that's a beautiful example yeah and like a lot of parents um because I feel like moving our body getting out is really important and it's not always possible like I live in the Netherlands there was a storm today I I mean the trees were falling it was just horrible day and we couldn't get out so it is important to have that dance party and just move our body. It's great for our nervous system, right? Like sometimes I feel angry. I'm like just shaking my fingers and, you know, getting it all out. So so it is important. Like you said, intentionality creates, you know, a positive self-care experience. And also we are mindful. We are like, this has to be done, right? Like, can you just go through your day without cooking a meal for your kids? It's like that important and crucial that it needs to be done. And it is something that you really honor and you're not willing to give up. So, yeah. So often like it, it's seen as it's seen as selfish, but honestly, nothing would everything in your household, your kids, your um, environment is surviving because of you. So if you are not taking care of you, everything will crumble. <laughs> so, and, and it's, it's the same for business, right? Like you're playing so many roles I don't have a team to do my taxes my admin my social media posts or my bookkeeping or whatever it is that needs to be done so we have to understand that first of all we are worthy we bring we are doing all of these things and it can be a lot because it is a lot right so um, another thing along in the same line as self-care would be the importance of planning and time management so um, when I was not intentional about it, I was just getting through my day. I was not able to get much done. But then I I kind of like worked it like, okay, this is my child's routine. And now where, which part of the day, what task can I do? You know, so that's also why that my list, the morning list comes in handy because I can see, okay, right now I'm just driving to pick up my child from school. I can do all the booking, dentist appointment and those kind of things in this time. So it's really important that we are intentional about how we spend time, right? Like, and um, so when when I I look at the these this list, like also like I'm trying to make sure that I'm not putting a lot of pressure on myself that, okay, um, I got this much done. It's also kind of important to ground in your strengths, right? Like otherwise we'll always keep stressing about what we couldn't do, right? So it's important to uh, also notice what is going well because that is, we learn from our positive, uh, when somebody acknowledges what we do positive, right? So sometimes we have to do it for ourselves. We have to acknowledge that, hey, you got quite a lot done today and you know, tomorrow's a new day. We'll try again. The things that we couldn't do, we'll, it's, it's on for tomorrow. Right. Yeah, and I've been implementing what I call a ta-da list. So at the end of the day, instead of instead of just kind of perseverating on the to-do list and all the things I didn't get done, I write out a ta-da list and I actually start paying attention and bringing my awareness to all the things I did get done. And even yeah. if they're really little and things that I don't even feel like took much energy, the longer that list gets, like the the better I feel, right? Because we are still seeking that feeling of accomplishment and yes it, I think it, it takes it takes a lot of work to unlearn some of that mm-hmm. conditioning so yeah that's something that I've been implementing that has been really supportive in helping me see some of the things that I need to celebrate and like it's just so easy to miss yeah of course that, that that's a 
that's a nice one. I'm going to try that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the exa- there you go. Exactly. No, it, it's great. And I think, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a good one to try. I had a question though for you in mm-hmm. terms of time management. Like I feel like just looking at the different seasons of motherhood. And I mean, I'm only two years in and I only have one child. So I only have my own experience to go off of, but I imagine the, the routines and the time blocking that you can kind of set aside for yourself looks a lot different with like a school-aged kid and you know you're driving your kid to school at this time you know you're picking them up at this time you can kind of have these like set windows of time what is your advice for mothers who are really in the thick of like the newborn toddler season where there's so much unpredictability and Mm -hmm. um (laughs) you really don't have any like I'm still I'm still bed sharing with my daughter too so I'm literally with her 24 hours a day (laughs) (laughs) yeah so as a as a new mom like because I also have a two-year-old who just decided to come back sick from daycare today (laughs) so so you still get it you're still in the thick of it (laughs) yes 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 so so it is kind of um so you've seen a notebook, right? Like a notebook always has these margins, right? And we can write our text in the main column and then we can take notes in the margins. But what happens is that, especially in the in the newborn kind of the zero to before the school age, like zero to the preschooler age, we need margins, right? Like notebooks also have mm-hmm. margins, but our lives are kind of overflowing on the sides <laughs> on the pages. And and that's why no wonder like we can't handle anymore because there's no more space left. So creating that yeah, margin no is... Wonder. No yeah, wonder. No wonder. I love this analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's like it's like it's really helpful. So your kids will fall sick inevitably and something will happen that you did not anticipate. And that's why you need those margins because if you're not overloaded, you're not overscheduled, you can manage the situations better when you're running or bursting at scenes, right? Like, the, and, and it's one of the most important things is to learn to say no right like because every time you say no to something you're saying yes to something else so it's like if there's a social gathering on Saturday and I've had like a hard week do I really need to go for this one or can I I'm just going to say you know what I'm not feeling up to it so thanks but no thanks you know and when it kind of comes back to that intentionality right is being really intentional with where you choose to spend your time knowing that like every choice you make is potentially dripping into those margins yes yes so it's it's like we have to sometimes say yes to downtime we have to say yes to extra sleep to or to being a potato (laughs) we we need to create margin for that like okay you know what I work Mondays and Thursdays I've had a really uh, hard two weeks because I'm solo parenting so next Thursday I am not going to do anything <laughs> because it's so because, you know, and this comes from understanding like why presence is so important, right? Like presence is what it's like. It helps us listening to our heart rather than the messages from the world, right? Because you will always have things to do. <laughs> it's like you can never say that, oh, you know what? I don't have anything to do today unless you decide that there is nothing to do today. So presence is like, that returning point that it's a place that you can always come back to and when you let go of what doesn't truly matter you can grasp at what really does right like mm. you cannot overhaul your life and and you know stop with all your responsibilities as an adult but you can start with creating those little pockets of time where I push 
all the distraction away, right? Like, for example, I often talk about connecting with kids, right? Because often a lot of people say, yeah, but we are with our kids all day. We are bathing them, feeding them. But those are all your rituals, right? Like those are all your routine rituals that need to be done, right? But connecting with them, with just doing something that they enjoy is also important, right? So again, intentionality. So sometimes I just go hands-free to my family, putting everything else away so that I can be available. So that's like being, you know, that five or 10 minutes completely available to my world, the world that, you know, matters the most to me. And, you know, how do I feel then? So it's like um, practicing this when we can, not when like our days are truly packed, but let's say I have an easy day. So you know what, today I'm going to try and be present for five minutes with my kid and just listen to them ramble about whatever is important to them, you know, just joining them in their inner world, right? Like, um, my my two-year-old sometimes just talks about trains because he really <laughs> loves trains and he will sometimes say the same thing over and over and I'm like just there I'm not just like okay yeah whatever I'm just like looking at my phone so it is important to create and not just with your kids even just with yourself okay you know what five minutes I'm not going to just scroll at social media pointlessly and you know just going to just be with myself and maybe sometimes I put a guided meditation on to you know guide me through whatever I'm thinking or whatever is coming up for me to just understand that so it's really important to take those um, breaks through your day even if it is like a quick check-in with yourself okay hey you got xyz done how are you feeling right now and, you know, you still have four more hours to go and these things to accomplish looks like you'll be able to do it. So, I mean, some days I feel like I'm an insane person talking to myself, but I feel like that's <laughs> important because when I when I create that awareness of what's happening for me and I name it, I'm able to process it and I'm able mm, to yeah. move forward. It's not like life is kind of just happening to me. I'm kind of you know living while it's happening <laughs> yeah so it's well and it gives yeah. back that sense of control too right like when you start realizing wait I am actually aware of what's going on and I have control over the next action I take I think mm -hmm. that's an, a big piece to it right is we can kind of start running on autopilot and not even not even being aware of what we're doing because we're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And sometimes those tasks can get really boring and feel mundane. But yeah, as soon yes. as you really drop back into the present, open up your senses, really like open up your awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm, I love yeah. that you brought so, that up. So, so that's also why like open up your senses. That's a very good one because it's really uh, like a lot of us kind of live with a really compromised nervous system so it's also like really important even if it's like just standing in your backyard for two minutes in whatever state you're in to just like take a few deep breaths because you know when you're outside in the nature that's the only time all of your sense organs are engaged and mm. just a change of scene like for example if your kids are screaming while you're cooking dinner it can feel really overstimulating right like you're trying to get chop this one thing and your child is at your feet like pulling your pants and saying mama 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 it can feel like a lot but th that's why like sometimes I just take my kids stand in the backyard and they're just like running wild and screaming because that kind of changes our perception of that sound when we step outside that same sound doesn't feel as much as bothering as you know it would feel inside so it's also kind yeah. of 
important to listen okay you know what this feels like a lot let's just stop so I turn the gas off and we all get out <laughs> because it's important and after five minutes we come back in and you know we go back into doing whatever we are doing so it's really important to um if I or I could just push through it and try to, you know, finish that whatever I'm chopping and, you know, snap at my kid at the end of it. Right. Like so it's really um, important to be attuned to what we are feeling, what we are thinking, how we are perceiving the world around us. Right. Like and and I think that's also a way we can build emotional intelligence in our kids. Right. Like when we and and it's important to be really authentic. Um you know with even with our children like I'm I'm sure like I at least I come from a house where my parents did not want to show me the hard things that they went through Mm -hmm. so um but that leaves me with no idea what to do when I go through hard things right yeah exactly it hasn't really been modeled to us yes so it's really important to be authentic about it and sometimes I uh tell my daughter that you know what today I am not feeling 100% today I'm like at a 20% so um, you know if you see something a little off or I'm not as cheerful it's it's not anything to do with you it's just I have a lot going on right now right like so I, I of course I'll explain it in a age-appropriate way to a six-year-old and a two-year-old it's not like burdening them with you know oh you know what you have to take care of my feelings now it's it's more yeah. like it's more like you know because they they do notice when things are not um 100% okay so it's important that we are authentic and we are like um able to own it because children also especially younger kids they um they kind of are at a very egocentric stage of development where anything that goes wrong in their environment they kind of feel it's because of them so mm, they um, like internalize it yeah so like the other day i was having an argument with my 6 year old and my 2 year old was watching us argue and I, I think I screamed at my daughter and he he turned, looked at me and he said are you mad at me I'm scared and that was like that stopped me right in my tracks and I was like oh no I'm so sorry that came out wrong it's got nothing to do with you you're fine I got angry and I need to do a better job handling uh, how I communicate right so it is like yeah so it was it was like a, a wake-up call to <laughs> understand that we have to be mindful about what we are modeling for our kids. So, and and self-care is also something that we need to model. Otherwise, they are also going to grow up and feel like they just need to take care of everyone's needs and, you know, they come last. So it's really important to, um, yeah. So first of all, yeah, know your words. You, you are invaluable. Your house won't function without you. <laughs> and yes, like prioritize that you know yourself because it it all begins with you so and and like practicing presence because that is that is something that so many of us don't do we are like just kind of getting through the day like wake up in the morning go to work come back eat dinner and go to sleep it's like yeah as you said the word is intentionality it's really important to be um, intentional about how we want to show up in our business and also in our capacity as a parent I think um you said something around like multitasking and I think so many of us have been praised for so long for our multitasking abilities and that has really done a disservice to how we show up as mothers because it's 
it's pulling our attention in so many different areas. So we never are present on one thing. And coming back to your example of like preparing supper and chopping something in the kitchen and you have that toddler at your leg pulling on your pants. It's like if you can just pull yourself away from from chopping in the kitchen and be fully present with your toddler for that one second, like that is likely all they actually need from you. And then you can go back to chopping. But if you continue to try to be in more than one place at once, now neither neither thing, the the onion you're chopping or the toddler at your leg isn't getting your attention. So yeah, I just love kind of that reorientation to how important presence truly is and not just presence with ourselves and our body, but presence with whatever we are doing, whoever we are with. Yeah, that is true. And also like um, what comes up in uh, our way of practicing presence is our triggers. And a lot of us um don't know what our triggers are right like and and there are a lot of common triggers that a lot of moms identify with like being constantly interrupted and you know the sound the clutter the no peace in the environment and you know it's kind of being run by everyone else right like before we were parents we could just go to bed whenever we wanted if we could just say you know what I'm not feeling very well I'm just gonna lie down (laughs) that's not an option anymore so um it 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 is it feels like um we feel triggered so it's all oh, that's why that feelings check in is really important to do with ourselves like what is happening for me why do i feel so annoyed right now right like sometimes i am picking up everyone's trash and i'm like passing really passive aggressive statements like nobody helps me around the house and i have to do it all by myself <laughs> right like it's a really common one that uh, a lot of uh moms go through and it's it's really important to understand that okay I am feeling really triggered right now what is happening right and then identifying the feeling and then naming that feeling and then identifying what am I needing right now maybe I'm needing some extra support okay how can I communicate it to my partner or to my kids in a way that invites cooperation instead of attacks them right so it comes it's like you know emotional intelligence is also like a process right where you first identify your own feeling and how you're perceiving things around you right now and then understanding um you know use that information to kind of guide your thinking and then um regulating self-regulation right like okay I'm feeling triggered. So what helps me calm down? I'm going to go drink a glass of water or I'm going to just walk around the house without talking to anyone right now because I know right now if I say anything, it's not going to be nice. <laughs> so um, so being aware aware of ourselves and constantly also reflecting on, okay, I'm not feeling good right now, right? Like, um, so my daughter is sick. I gave her medicine today and she spat it. And I was like, like I was shocked because I did not expect that, right? So I was like, why would you do that? And then I was, then she said, because it's very bitter. <laughs> so then before reacting to her and uh, giving her logic that, uh, yeah, but that's how medicine is, just just suck it up and drink it. I, I had to be like, okay, okay, tune in, tune in. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was really bitter. I know, I can imagine sometimes medicines don't feel yummy and you know what, you still have to take them because... I want you to feel better. So, um, you know, coming from that place of empathy and while we do that for others, sometimes we don't do that for ourselves. So we immediately go into 
guilt, right? Like, so for, when my son told me that, are you mad at me? Even though it was like a dialogue between me and my daughter, I was like so guilty that, oh my God, I let a two-year-old witness this back and forth. And like, now he thinks it's all his fault, you know? So I was overcome with guilt, but I had to really remind myself, okay, you know what? you are a good mom having a hard moment. <laughs> so a lot of us kind of lose that perspective, right? We go into that, oh my God, I'm messing up my kids. And it's really important to uh, pause that, you know, two things are true. You know, what I said is not nice, sure. And I'm still not a bad mom. <laughs> I'm just really triggered right now and I need to find a way to, um, you know, do better. So, uh, and then, of course, comes repair. But of course, that it all begins with self-compassion, right? Like our ability to give compassion to others begins with our ability to give compassion to ourselves, right? So it's, it's yeah, so it's really important to offer ourselves also that grace that you are not going to have it together at all times. <laughs> so yeah. being, being present, being mindful is amazing, but you are still going to get triggered. So that's why it's, important to identify what those triggers are because if you have no idea what triggers you you don't know what to manage right like so for me uh sound is a big one so when like I have the exhaust running in the kitchen and I'm using the blender and the kids are screaming and talking to Alexa it's like a lot of sensory input that my mind is not able to process right so I mean, God bless noise cancelling headphones. So now I kind of put one in, <laughs> kind of yeah. block the noise a little so that I can still hear them in case they get into a fight, like in a safe way. But it's important to kind of, um, yeah, like find ways to help yourself not lose it, right? Like, so I could manage that trigger only because I, I knew that, hey, this triggers me. So let me do this <laughs> yeah. instead of, because I can, I we all, as parents, it's important to kind of, count on your kids to be kids right like you cannot expect them to be quiet and not fidgety and not uh, <laughs> uh, running around the place that is going to happen because they are designed to move and they are designed to do whatever they are doing they're not here to annoy you <laughs> so it's important to kind of uh, understand that they are just kids they are doing what they're meant to do here is what I can do you know so that awareness of okay this triggers me you know, being interrupted triggers me. Why does it trigger me? Like really going deep into that because it feels like, you know, what I'm saying is not important. Every time I'm talking and somebody's talking over me and not listening to me, it feels like, you know, uh, I can't even finish a sentence without being interrupted. So it feels very triggering. And next time the child asks you something, you're like snapping at them, right? It's It's not because you want to, it's because there is a deeper wound. So our children don't trigger us. It's 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 like, you know, it's like you have an open wound and somebody touches it, it hurts, right? It's like that. It's like, you know, probably you didn't have much of a voice growing up or, you know, you know, you have constantly lived with this belief that uh, my voice doesn't matter or what I have to say is not important. So when a child kind of interrupts, it feels like uh, <laughs> it feels like they are like attacking you but that's not the case so it, that's why it's like really important to reflect that okay this is extremely triggering for me but 
these are kids who are lacking skills. So how can I teach them? So I next time I teach my kids that, you know what, when I'm going to talk, I'm going to put my hand up. And until my hand is up, I'm still talking. And when I put my hand down, I'm done. And then you can share what you have to share. So it's because they 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 don't have a lot of these skills, right? Like they just come into this world with a whole bunch of emotions and feelings and with zero skills to manage them and <laughs> zero like lack of impulse control and all of that. And it's it's really on us to kind of support them through that and like teach them those skills and give them opportunity to practice it. So next time my daughter interrupts me, I say, uh, 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 my hand is still up. And like, I'm doing it gently. I'm not saying, can you let me finish my sentence? Like, so it's, <laughs> so yes. So awareness of our triggers, understanding our triggers can also help us become more present because um, if we are triggered, we cannot be present. We are, you know, then we are hurting and we are uh, just wanting to teach somebody a lesson or lashing out or slamming doors. So it's, yeah, so, so it's very important to tune into what is happening for us. As I said, everything begins with us. <laughs> yeah, I always say that becoming a mom was really a huge catalyst into my own personal discovery. And mm-hmm. I think what you just shared really helps me understand why it's because you are met with all these triggers and it's not that your kids are triggering you it's that you have these these wounds that are now getting retouched so it's an invitation to actually start tending to those wounds and start um yeah like working through that healing process and it's it's a really beautiful experience if you choose to accept it that way um so yeah the other thing that was coming up for me as you were speaking is Um, like in the conscious parenting world there's a lot of talk about rupture and repair and I think we can we can walk away from those ruptures with so much mom guilt or we can walk away thinking oh I just wasn't the mom I wanted to be today but the thing is is like we can't have repair without rupture so we do need those ruptures in order to actually experience that repair and model it to our kids so I'm glad you kind of brought in a piece of that too do you want to expand a little bit on conscious parenting? We haven't, we, I don't think we've actually used that language yet, but I know I identify, I think I identify as a, as a conscious mother. Um, and I believe you have some certifications in, in conscious parenting. Mm-hmm. So maybe why don't we dumb it down? Like what, what is the definition of conscious parenting? So conscious parenting, according to me, <laughs> It's not a yeah, definition. your definition. That's all I want. I only want your. That's the only one that matters. <laughs> so it's it's kind of rooted in um, attachment, in connection, and in uh, empowerment. So it's like we are not in the traditional parenting where we are kind of you know I'm the parent, you're the child. I say you do. Uh, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's not it's not like that. It's it's more like I understand that. Every human, including every child, has come into this world with some basic needs like wanting connection, wanting control, wanting autonomy, right? So, um, you know, wanting that feeling of belonging. So all of these are um, needs and behavior essentially is communication of a met or an unmet need. So, for example, you have you said you have a two year old, right? Like so when your two year old is um, hasn't had her nap or is feeling sick, or is teething, or is going through a developmental milestone, um, 
they are a bit more grumpy they are a bit more clingy they are a bit more needy right because they are going through something and they don't know how to you know take care of themselves right so they depend on you but at the same time if your child has had an amazing time playing with you and uh, you know there have been a lot of giggles and they have eaten their meal they are a completely different child they are not as clingy they're not um, so so we in in the conscious parenting world we just view behaviors as communication like we are not judging the behavior by just what is happening but we are kind of looking under the iceberg of what is causing this behavior so uh, so as i said it's rooted in attachment it's it's you know uh, you're more tuned into what your child is feeling and needing and um, yeah it's like you know you are um, you are like you know you are what is the word for this you are an investigator and you have to truly like get to the bottom of what is happening for my child for example um when i had my second kid my four-year-old daughter would go and lie down in his playmat and she went through this regression and she would have more peeing accidents and i was like she was potty trained two years ago. Why is this happening, right? Because I, a lot of us feel like once a child can talk and, you know, uh, walk and they can do all these things on their own, they have fully developed brains, but they don't. <laughs> their upstairs brain, like, which is their executive functioning that is still developing and it will take a while to develop. It develops through the first 25 years of our lives. So they are still lacking a lot of the skills, right? So it is basically understanding where my child is at developmentally are my expectations from my child age appropriate right so conscious parenting comes with all of that like how am I communicating with my child right like today my son told my daughter that uh, Rasika you're getting on my nerves he couldn't even say nerves he said nose you're getting on my nose (laughs) and then I realized that oh my god I say that sometimes to her and he's just Mm -hmm. like repeating it so modeling is a big one because um, so the traditional parenting is like do as I say not not do as I do right like but, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this is like the kid like you know is basically around you and is absorbing everything like a sponge so it's important to kind of um, reflect on what you're modeling right like you can't expect a child to like anything right like how I handle big emotions how do I repair if I've caused hurt right? Like we can tell my, I can force an apology out of my daughter and say, you have to say sorry to your brother, or I can actually model it for her, right? Like by doing that. And, and only when we are able to do this with them regularly, that's when it becomes a part of them. And so that is why it's like, it's rooted in connection, because if there is no connection, they don't really have a reason to follow your lead, right? So you are still the parent and you still um, have the power, but you are more from coming from a place of guiding and leading somebody instead of this is how it it is going to be because I'm the parent and I decided. So it's like that. And, um, and of course, boundaries are also super important because um, they are kids in the end and they are not going to always make good decisions. So it's really important to understand what your boundaries are. But the the bound when I say boundaries, it, it's not something that you just randomly say that I don't like it, so you don't do it, right? It is important to 
truly reflect why is this a boundary for me? A boundary is a boundary when it's rooted in personal value, right? So for example, the other day, um, I called my daughter for dinner downstairs and she was like, no, I'm playing right now, right? So I felt like, no, but we always eat dinner together. And she's like, so what, like, can we not eat dinner together? What would happen, right? So it's a fair question. Mm -hmm. She's just trying to process. Yeah, that's a fair question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So then I had to think about it, like, why is it a boundary? So I understood that, okay, this is the only time of the day where we are all together and we have time to kind of catch up with each other on what, how your day was. And so it, it is rooted in, in my personal value, which is connection, right? So I just want all my family to be together. So instead of saying that, no, you have to come down, I kind of go because upstairs. Because I said so. <laughs> yeah, I kind of yeah. go upstairs and I tell her what are you up to and she's like I'm making dinner for my kids I said okay let's finish cooking for your kids and then we can walk together downstairs so then she also wants to come down with me because she knows that I acknowledge that she is doing something and I'm not just forcing her to do what I need to do right so so yes so it it was an elaborate answer so conscious parenting is essentially attachment parenting where your connection is the most important um you know, energy that you share with your child and it comes before anything else. And mm-hmm. uh, you're just conscious about uh, how your child, like you see your child for the person they are, like you respect them for the person they are and you're not just saying that, yeah, they're tiny and it doesn't matter, right? Like their their big feelings are also important. Like a lot of parents, like when their kids have nightmare, they tell them, yeah, that's okay. It was only a dream. It's not real. But for them, it felt real, right? So it's important to kind of tune into, oh my God, okay, that must have been really scary and you are safe, you know? A lot of the time we're like into the, we're right there to fix things, right? Like if, if my daughter stubs her toe and I say, and, and you know I say yeah, you know you're okay you're okay <laughs> but wait how do you get to decide if she's okay right like yeah. the, I mean if I, I, I just like think about it this way like if an adult did that if they stopped that door would I be like you're yeah, okay and then you're okay <laughs> completely dismissing like, the only their experience ap- ap- yeah so the only appropriate response is ouch did that hurt are you okay like you can ask are you okay instead of telling them you're okay so it's really being mindful about how we communicate and um, you know understanding that behavior is essentially communication and why is this why is my child showing up this way right now what is going unmet for them or you know why are they so happy right now? Because they had an amazing day. They got ice cream for lunch. <laughs> so yeah, so yes, yeah, so conscious parenting is, I think it's it's like a way of life that um, you choose. Uh, and it's it, it sounds all like so wonderful, but it's really hard because, um, yeah, because you have your own triggers and sometimes uh, your own childhood comes up, right? Like, there are so many times when um, my daughter would say something and I'd be like, how ungrateful, <laughs> right? Because that's probably how my parents would respond. But it's got nothing to do with gratitude. It's that she can just, even if you give her everything in the world, she can still feel bad about something. It's not like just because you took her to the park and you got her an ice cream, she's supposed to have a perfectly amazing day. It's like, how so all these things, like when they talk back, um, even if they have like the dinner thing, right? Why do I need to eat with you? Probably if I asked that question, uh, my mom would say, because I said so. Come and eat dinner, otherwise no dinner for you, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. So, yeah. 
but so it's, it's really important to not like and and it takes a lot of work because my first initial reaction is like oh my god how disrespectful I'm just asking her to eat dinner. Why can't she just come down and eat dinner, right? Why do I have to explain this to her? So it's it is hard because you are constantly challenging or and um, breaking cycles, right? Like okay, well, and I what? can see like just with that example, that specific example. If if your daughter is kind of challenging you on that, I can see how if we're going back to the wound analogy, that's mm-hmm. poking at an old wound of you feeling unheard and you feeling disrespected and it's like it's yes. not actually your daughter that's triggering you it's yeah that old wound of feeling unheard so yeah yeah no all of your examples have been so helpful <laughs> um and also just shows how like real you are and your <laughs> authenticity in motherhood so thank you for those examples mm-hmm. um I was and, and that answer it was long but it was beautiful because it really just solidified the importance of both presence and being intentional so it really just yeah like circled around our entire conversation so far which was really cool I'm curious I feel like there's a misconception in conscious parenting around discipline and how we can't like get mad at our kids and I'm I'm, I feel like I'm even struggling with this as I'm entering the quote-unquote terrible twos and (laughs) my daughter is very developmentally normally testing her boundaries as she should and she hates being told no. She hates being told she can't do something because in her mind, she's just trying to explore. And so I'm constantly, I, I am very conscious around the language I use. And I, I'm guessing your answer is going to be something along the lines of just really being present and intentional and, and tuning into what they're doing and then giving that explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like my question is like, how how does discipline traditionally work in the conscious parenting world because it's not like the traditional parenting world where you are yeah. the authority figure and you can just like yeah threaten or bribe the child yeah we don't we don't do that right so like yeah. how how does discipline work <laughs> I, I need the mom advice as I'm entering <laughs> as I'm entering these terrible twos <laughs> uh-huh. so discipline works with um first of all modeling the behavior we want to see and uh then communicating that for example like let's say your daughter runs in the middle of the street where cars are coming. That's a perfect example because that is my real life right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you're not going to let her do it, right? Because so instead of, uh, you know, of course, you're going to go grab the child. You're not going to, because in that moment, they're not making a good decision. And your boundary is coming from your value of safety, right? So we are going to model it. We are going to say that, like, before we leave the house, that, we are going out right now and we are going to be walking on the footpath and hold mommy's hand, right? And if you're having a hard time holding mommy's hand, I'm going to have to put you in the stroller, right? So that's like a fair yeah, Almost setting the boundaries before it happens. Yes, and, and prepping them in advance that this is what uh, we are going to do. And we can do this in playful ways. Like you can just grab two Lego characters and say they are going out and they're going on the road. Oh no, a car is coming. And you know, and then you can say that footpath is for people and the road is for the cars. So we it's it's like it, yeah, like you said about self-care, we're getting creative. It's like with kids also yeah. it's, it's just that. Like you can play the red light, green light game. Like um, uh, you know, when I say green light, you go. And when I say red, you stop, right? So that also kind of teaches them impulse control so um like 
we can do this in multiple ways. We can read books about it. We can have dialogue about it. We can model it. We can teach them playfully. We can play a game that, you know, at home you can use those painter tapes to create footpath and you can say, let's walk on this today because there are going to be cars on the road. So you can do that with, with, with toys and because play is the way to get through kids, especially that young, um, because obviously how you perceive safety she doesn't, right? She thinks like world is my <laughs> I'm playground, have, right? Uh, the yeah. world is her playground. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to have my adventure today. And then there is this person who's stopping me. So of course, she's not going to like it. And that's when we hold space for the disappointment that, hey, I get it, that you're really upset that I didn't let you run on the road, but it's my job to keep you safe, you know? So we are... Um, yeah, making room for a lot of those disappointments. Like, of course, if my son wakes up and says that I want candy for breakfast uh, and my answer is no, I'm going to probably grant his wishes. I mean, I'm going to hear his feelings that, yeah, wouldn't it be amazing if we could just eat candy all day and let's eat breakfast now. <laughs> so right. I am yeah. hearing him <laughs> and I'm saying no without really saying no. So yeah. Um, yeah, so, so so of course, like boundaries are important. But the thing with boundaries is that we feel the need to be, uh, to say, deliver it or say it in a very strict tone for it to have an impact. But I believe that even if you do it compassionately, it's going to land. <laughs> yeah, because well, and I, I mean, I my experience has proven that, that. Yeah, like if I am really down at her level and I'm playing and I'm just like talking to her, with compassion, she's a lot more receptive to that than if I'm yelling at her or barking orders. And I think yeah. the other thing, and and from what I'm hearing you share is like a big piece of it is almost over explaining, which can feel really unnatural because mm -hmm. all we want to do is we're, we're always on this like time schedule, right? And so we, yeah. we want to just spit out the direction as quick as possible. And we want to move on to the next thing on our to-do list because it comes yeah. back to that to-do <laughs> list that we're trying to accomplish, right? Yeah. So, and it, it's really like, no, can you, can you slow down? Can you be present? Can you connect and really explain, which feels mm -hmm. like over-explaining to a two-year-old, but over-explain what's going on so that they can understand it. So I love that. Yeah. Because with two-year-olds, like what works is repetition and like, yeah playing that scene over and over so it kind of like gets in their heads that okay this is what we do and like what you said is really important but it's also important to kind of really tune into where they are developmentally right like at two they kind of want to be independent and do things on their own so like my yeah. son went through this phase <laughs> two where, going on 16 <laughs> yeah he wants to put his shoes on on his own but he doesn't know how to yet and some mornings it would set me back by 15 minutes right but one that's that's where the conscious parenting comes into play because okay I realize two days I've let this happen I tell myself he is learning a skill and brushing him is not going to help it's going to create make this process longer because he's going to then have big feelings and then you're going to take 15 minutes to calm him down so you're going to set an alarm and wake up 15 minutes earlier tomorrow so, so it's kind of coming time back to, to do like this. making sure there's margins right yes. making margins on the page so creating yes. that space Yes. Or sometimes I feel, yeah. So when I, these days, what I do is, especially because I'm solo parenting and I, if my daughter needs to go to school, my son needs to come along. I can't just leave him at home. Right. So I bring them both down and while I'm getting breakfast ready, I give him his shoes. I'm like, okay, you know what? You can wear your shoes. Start already. now. 
yeah, yeah. that's actually really smart because so, you so know it's really, gonna take long yeah <clears throat> because I need to understand that okay he is learning a skill it's frustrating for me to watch because I know I can do this in two minutes so again I can understand that this is triggering because if I did this as a kid my dad would be like hurry up we gotta go <laughs> right like so it is again coming back to yeah, like this, why is this triggering for you? And what can you tell yourself, right? Like in that moment, the healthy thing I tell myself is, my child is learning a skill. He wants to do things on his own. This is a developmental milestone. And, you know, I'm going to have to let him go through it, right? This is not his fault that his sister needs to go to school. He has all the time in the day, right? Yeah. So it's kind of <clears> like um, telling yourself that kind of helps you not rush the kid. Right. So and also then you have to get creative about, OK, what can I do? <laughs> How can I meet his need and also meet my need to be on time? Because I value, you know, punctuality and I want to be at her school on time. Right. So instead of saying you are getting this late and you we need to leave right now, it's like so unnecessary and like uncalled for. It's like a, a undesirable power struggle. Of course, some days we will have those also because you cannot plan for everything in advance and those for those days we have repair <laughs> we can just say I'm so sorry I couldn't let you do your shoes on your own today and I had to put them on for you because we needed to go so it's that kind of at least you know but now we are home here you go you can practice putting your shoes on so we can uh, be mindful of what their needs are and uh, also like hold boundaries when we need to uh, and of course, work on our triggers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love all that. And I'm just, I'm thinking about how um, so many women I work with and myself included, because we are building our own businesses and we we technically are stay-at-home moms for many of us. Um, mm-hmm. A common, not complaint, but I guess a, a common struggle that many women I see face is kind of going through the day and then at the end of the day having that guilt of like I just wasn't present with my kid so even though I was home all day um, I just wasn't present with my kid and I'm curious if you have your own strategies of how you really prioritize that intentionality of being present even though we are I mean, we've kind of talked about all of this, but I guess I'm asking more in the context of entrepreneurship when you have all these things to be doing and you're constantly thinking about the next email you need to write or the next social media content you're creating. And like, so how do you, I mean, I guess an example is like, I, I do a lot from my phone, right? Like I can create social media content on my phone. I post on Instagram on my phone. I show up on stories on my phone and I'll have my daughter next to me and even though we're in the same room, I'm not actually present with her. So it's very easy to to look back on the day and be like, oh, shoot, I wasn't actually present, even though we spent all day together. Mm. So, yes. So um, I think guilt can be a, a starting point to kind of turn things around as well. So guilt is not like usually all bad unless you go into that oh my god I'm the worst parent ever zone (laughs) so you can say uh, like let's say I I mean I do have days like that also and I feel I do feel guilty and I write down like I you like journaling helps me so I kind of write down my thoughts about what kept me from being present today right Mm. like 
okay, I have so again, to again, shifting this. your awareness and starting yes. to almost magnify yeah. what was it that was pulling your attention away. Yeah. And then I also make another column of, is there anything I could have done differently? And what can I do to solve this problem I had today? I felt like I didn't connect enough with my kids. Is there a moment tomorrow in the day where I can do this and maybe make up for today? <laughs> right. So um, again, like it comes down to asking yourself the question, what is the most important thing right now? Right. Like sometimes, yes, we do feel like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. They're there. They're just playing on their own. So, you know, let me kind of do my own thing. So we do that. But then um, maybe I can plan a moment in the day where we are going to connect, right? Like, for example, when my daughter comes back from school, I'm just going to put my phone away for 10 minutes. The emails can wait. And I'm going to just talk to her, make a snack and eat eat a snack with her. Or, you know, if it's for with my two-year-old, I'm just going to go to a park without my phone today. Don't need pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do anything cute because I don't have my phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or put your phone on airplane mode. Even that works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but what I mean is like, uh, I'm going to put this off for 10 minutes. So like being intentional. Okay, just choose a random time that tomorrow between 2 and 2.10, I'm going to be with my child <laughs> and not do anything else. And start there and like build on it and see how that feels for you and uh then kind of see like where which moments in the day could I really like for example when they wake up in the morning it's really nice to connect then or before they go to bed so maybe instead of reading one story I could read two stories today or we can do a fun so, little bit of roughhousing before she goes to bed right so um we can yeah like we can also plan for that and put it on our to-do list for the next day <laughs> right like okay cuddle and read stories today <laughs> yeah so yes yeah, so, so it's it's really um like so so of course the guilt will come up and also like maybe for your work if you are also going from back to back to back like sometimes I set alarms and reminders like you know work for 25 minutes then five minutes off you know and sometimes I'm like I'm also ignoring the five minutes off because I'm in the middle of it and I want to get it done with uh, but then I say that okay now I'm gonna take my break after I finish this email right like uh, and also like any any intentionality or all or even the conscious parenting work it really comes with bite-sized steps like you cannot solve all your triggers in one day you cannot start self-caring every day uh, you know because you heard this on a podcast it, it all sounds great but it really comes down to intentionality and like doing one step at a time and also kind of recognizing success right like hey you know what I didn't spend any time with my child yesterday even though we were together it didn't feel like we were together but today I got in 10 minutes so celebrate that 10 minutes because that on the to-do list <laughs> yes so 10 yeah. minutes more than this you know zero minutes which is great right like yeah. we, we can build on this and I can do this I had fun those 10 minutes you know she giggled so much it gave me joy so yeah when you name those feelings it kind of um you know kind of builds your neural pathways and you're like wanting to do more of it right because when we are with our kids there's also like all those endorphins flowing right mm -hmm. when we are having those dance parties so um when we recognize that hey that was actually great and you know I could get my kitchen work and I could also dance with my child and it felt good it helps you create more of those moments so that is why like naming them is is essential and um you can always like yes so in, 
so for me journaling is like something that helps me organize my thoughts and uh, feelings so I just do like a simple thought uh, feeling and thought journal like okay today this happened and you know um, this made me feel this way and maybe I could have done this differently so that also helps with your awareness and reflection and you know helps you become more conscious yeah I really like the idea of starting to take inventory of the things that I feel like pulled my attention away just because that's going to help bring my awareness and Mm -hmm. create the space to start making different choices and so when we come back to this idea of oh, I don't have time. It's actually, no, I'm not making time. That really just puts myself back in the driver's seat of, I actually get to choose how I'm spending my time. So those were some great tips. Thank you. Yeah, Because when I reflect, sometimes it feels like, okay, you know what? The 10 minutes that I just sat and watched Reels mindlessly, I could have probably avoided. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) probably. (laughs) So so we can like um, do like a habit stacking, like, okay, add a new habit that you can do. Like, if, if journaling is something you haven't tried, maybe you can try that, like, and see that if it helps you. And it doesn't have to be like a fancy notebook. Sometimes I just do it on my phone. My I think yeah. my notes yeah. is the most used app on my Me phone. Me too. Yeah. I just, I need to do this dentist appointment. Like, <laughs> yeah. everything is yeah. there. <laughs> yes. Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, creating margins is, is, is like a big one as a business mama, especially um because yes remember your notebook if it's if you know you've written every page then there is really very little space to decompress or to take care of your needs and and if you don't take care of your needs your business will also suffer and so will your parenting (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) one I think yeah that really circles back to just how important it is to really value yourself which is really Mm -hmm. the first thing you brought up in this conversation so mm, this was awesome is there anything else you'd like to touch on I want to give something actionable to all the people who are listening. Like, I think self-regulation, the most important thing is to kind of understand, begin with noticing what's happening for you. So just bring Mm -hmm. awareness to your week, to your day, to start with, to just the first five hours of the day that, okay, how am I feeling? What am I needing? And um, what, what triggers me? what helps me calm down like what is my coping mechanism because it can look different for everyone so self-regulation is really like a very individualistic um you know uh, thing and it's it's like uh, everyone has a different process right some people do deep breaths and some people cannot breathe when they are so triggered yeah. so so it looks very different and, and if you just go on the internet you'll find a thousand coping skills and you can just try you know what today when i feel triggered i'm going to try drinking water or run my hands under cold water so um so really just go with uh, what works for you and identify okay this feels good when i just did not respond when I was triggered and washed my hands for 10 seconds it felt good so maybe I'm going to try and practice this so you know really bite-sized baby steps towards self-regulation and begins with noticing so bringing awareness and identifying whatever we are feeling and needing yeah yeah I love all that and like I said like it really is a form of self-discovery because it's Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to start learning what actually feels good here what actually brings me pleasure in moments of discomfort because many of us don't know (laughs) we don't know and so the only way to learn is to start playing around and trying things 
Okay, before you go, I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you were thinking of anyone while listening, please send it their way. And if anything resonated with you or you love these conversations, please subscribe and leave a review. This really helps the podcast algorithms um, put my show in front of more people just like you. And the last thing, I would love nothing more than hearing from you. So say hi, DM me on Instagram and give me a follow at Nicole Pazvir. Until next time.